Hey, it's Markay from the Markay Show. You hear me every day from 10 a.m. to noon on News 104.5 WOKV. First of all, thanks for listening to the Markay Show podcast. Second, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Burrish Daily Discussion podcast and Jacksonville's morning news interviews. And don't forget to head to iTunes and Google Play and leave a review. Thanks for listening. I've got to get Markay more time on the air. Be careful what you wish for, Jacksonville. You just might get it. We want us some Markay. We're entertaining meets informative. You make it easier to go to work knowing I get to listen to you for two hours a day. Local stories, local issues. Just call it like it is. You are standing solid on truth. I love your show, brother. Two full hours of the Markay Show starts starts right now. You know, I almost don't want to mention the Super Bowl last night because the game was boring, the commercials were boring, the halftime show was boring, and I'm going to be honest with you, this show's boring enough already. <laughs> why, why, why would we even try to bring it down uh, even further? But it seems like it's all, I mean, it's all anybody's talking about. It's all anybody is sending us open mic messages about, too, and it's pretty much what everyone was doing uh, last night between 6 and, like, 10-ish. Last night's Super Bowl was the most boring Super Bowl in history. The Super Bowl, halftime show, and commercials were all dismal, just like the weather. That game last night was so boring that they were playing like neither team wanted to go to the White House. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. It's like, I don't want to go to the White House. You go. No, I don't want to go. And Tom Brady's like, y'all, I've been five times. White House is in fact, I saw a joke. I was uh, watching Tony Romo before the game, and he was interviewing somebody or other, and they're like, look, I don't get my mail delivered to the Super Bowl the way Tom Brady does. Uh, I'm just happy to be here. And it was it was really, I mean, it was 3-3 at, uh, at halftime, which is, look, here's the other thing, too. Don't tell me the Jaguars are not a Super Bowl contender. If all it takes is to score three points, we can do that. We can do that. The Rams, the number one team in the NFC, they I mean, they only scored three points the entire game. Clearly, that's within Blake Bortles' uh, repertoire. And, and, you know, as soon as Lambeau's healthy again, we we could kick and make at least one field goal. I'm pretty sure of it. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe maybe next year. And speaking of next year, that's the big question is what happens to the Super Bowl next year? I wonder who's going to play the Patriots next year in the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, that's the big question. Come on, seven. Let's go lucky number seven. It, you know, and it was kind of a bummer because I do turn in to see the football. Like, I like the football. I do enjoy the big plays. But, you know, being a Jaguars fan, <laughs> being a Jaguars fan, I watch other teams to see where those big plays come from. And the, the, you have Tom Brady, the best quarterback probably in history now. You have Jared Goff, who's an up-and-coming young quarterback. And you've got all the, you know, Dante Fowler, who was good. But uh, you've got, you know, Woodson, Todd Gurley. You've got all these superstars. And there was very little to actually watch. They would catch a couple balls here and there. They would run a couple routes, but then nothing. There were field goals. There were missed field goals, which I don't understand how you miss a field goal in an indoor stadium. You know, I understand. I uh, I play uh, cards with Josh Scobie every now and then. So we talk about kickers a lot. And he, he, I asked him, I go, you know, he talked about his time in Pittsburgh and how difficult that was because the wind coming off of the three rivers. And even if you're playing it like in Chicago or, or New York, where it's an outdoor stadium, sometimes depending on the direction of the wind, one end zone, you could kick a ball and it'll go 60 yards. And then the other end zone, you could kick it the same and it'll barely go 30 just because of the, the temperature and, and whatnot. But you're, you're, you're in an indoor stadium, Atlanta. There's it's like kicking a ball in your living room. Every time you kick it, it should go the same distance, the same speed, the same height, blah, 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 blah. So missing these uh, field goals just seems anyway. Whole thing was was a snooze fest. The, the Super Bowl halftime show. 
I mean, I don't even I don't even know what was going on with that. Maroon Five came out to play. They brought out Travis Scott. I went on Twitter and all I saw was who the hell is this person on stage with Maroon Five? Uh, then Big Boy. I don't know if you remember Big Boy. There was a group uh, called Outcast, and they they came out a while ago. They were very popular from Atlanta, like the number one uh, rap duo in history. They had you know shake it like a Polaroid picture and all that stuff. Uh, but Mrs. Jackson was in here. Ooh, I am for real. Never want. There was great songs, great duo. And then they split up for whatever reason. Andre 3000 went off to do movies, I think. I don't know what Big Boy was doing, but he he showed up at the Super Bowl in a fur coat on a, in an old Cadillac, sang a song from 20 years ago, and then peaced out. <laughs> the whole thing was like, the whole thing was told they had SpongeBob SquarePants in there. It was a mess, man. It was a mess. And then with the games boring and the Super Bowl halftime show was a snooze fest, the only thing you can count on then for any kind of entertainment were the commercials. And wouldn't you know it, they were really disappointing, too. They were real. There wasn't one commercial that I feel is even like remotely memorable. Commercials last night were not funny at all. Yeah. A lot of people said it seemed like they uh, they didn't want to be offensive. It, it's, it's almost like they were afraid to be funny last night. Like, oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Uh, some social justice warrior might get mad and then we might not make quite as many shares as we wanted to make this quarter. Yeah, you got to watch out for the social justice warriors, the SJWs as uh, the SJ dubs. And there were a couple that were even confusing to people. Someone explain the Burger King commercial. Who is Andy and why do we need to eat like him? <laughs> I had the same conversation with my wife and kids. They're like, who is that guy? That was Andy Warhol. Who I I, I kind of remember that commercial from when it aired in like 83 or 84 or something. It was back in the 80s before he died, of course. And he was eating a burger. It was like the dumbest commercial then. And Burger King decides to bring it back again 20, what, 30 years later. Uh, only twice, three times as expensive as it is as it is to wear. I don't know what was going on. I don't know why Andy Warhol's making a comeback in uh, in Super Bowl commercial history, but he he seemed to he seemed to be. You don't need <laughs> you don't need to know any more about it uh, than that. There was one commercial that literally physically made me ill. It was a commercial for I don't even know what some kind of cellular phone service I'd never heard of, and it was about chunky milk. And they said something like. Uh, it was, you know, it was something like paying for cell phone service is really odd. It kind of like chunky milk. And then they cut into this fake commercial where the mom buys chunky milk and the kids are drinking it. But it's just it's really like I, I had I almost had to change the channel because it made me want to gag. Although I I would have watched the chunky milk commercial over the Super Bowl halftime show. That's how bad. Uh, that's how bad that was. There were a couple of other commercials. The Bud Light guy, they just did the whole, you know, the King and the Bud Light night, and they've really driven that one like into the ground, and they are just hammering away at that one. Um, otherwise, I don't, I mean, I don't know if there was anything else that, that really stuck out in your mind. I washed the dishes at the halftime show from our Super Bowl party. That's how exciting it was. <laughs> your party or the show? Or probably both. The favorite commercial we saw was the one with all the greats and present players, uh, Deion Sanders, Barry Sanders, Joe Montana, you know, them throwing that football around. There was, yeah, that was like an ad just for football. That was like an ad for football. I guess they're trying to advertise football during a football game because 
it, I mean, it seems weird. You see, it seems like you would play a football ad somewhere else, but whatever. It was. Uh, it started off at some kind of prestigious dinner with with uh, Roger Goodell giving a speech, and there's a huge cake with a golden football on top of it, and Marshawn Lynch reaches in to grab a bite of the cake, ends up knocking the football off the top. Somebody else fumble, and then it's just all hell breaks loose. Jalen Ramsey, our own Jalen Ramsey, was in that commercial, so um, he was the only Jaguar. I guess who's considered past or present, who's considered great <laughs> or recognizable enough, I guess, to put uh, put into a commercial about football. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. If there was if there was anything at all that you enjoyed about the game, we did get one one positive message on the open mic messages about yesterday's Super Bowl. Parcels were funny and the players played and it was good. So go Pat. Go Pat. See, that's why that's why she's happy. It wasn't that the commercials were funny and the players played. It's that Tom Brady now has six Super Bowl rings. Go Pats. <laughs> 855-765-1045. Hey, if you want to try this new uh, fangled contraption we got going, you can just dial star star 1045 on your cell phone and you can get through that way, too. This is the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. We'll be right back. This is the Mark K Show, and not only is it post-Super Bowl edition, it's pre-State of the Union edition, and we'll get to, we'll talk a little bit about the State of the Union. It could be way more interesting than the Super Bowl was, and probably just as long. Uh, we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, about that here in just a minute. First, though, we got a couple people commenting about some of the commercials yesterday uh, during the Super Bowl performance. What was up with that Burger King commercial? I put ketchup on it. Yeah, that guy was Andy Warhol, and I don't know of all the Burger King commercials in in the past for them to choose from. Why, why, why would they choose the Andy Warhol? I have no idea. There's got to be something else going on with that that uh, that we don't know about. But anyway, a couple people also saying that uh, they were just really boring because they were afraid of offending people. They're all PC. Like, how PC can I be? Who's the most PC company out there, guys? There was one for there was one actually ad last night that aired that's getting a little bit of flack from PETA today. I know I know what you're thinking, PETA, of course. But there it was an ad for Hyundai, and Jason Bateman was an elevator operator. And these two people get on the elevator and they go, "We're going to buy a car." And he goes, "Oh, you're going all the way down, like it's you know you're like you're going through the different levels of hell." And used car shopping or car shopping was way down, and he stopped on these other floors, like having the talk. And uh, one was vegan dinner party. And now a lot of the PETA advocates are really upset that vegan dinner party is listed as uh, one of the one of the levels of hell, which I'll be honest with you. I saw that beet loaf and it made me want to vomit just like the chunky milk in that in that chunky milk commercial. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. This is John in Putnam County. Uh, John, how are you? Not too bad. How are you doing? Doing good, man. What do you think about the Super Bowl yesterday? Any of the ads really uh, keep your interest? Man, uh, the Walmart ad was the best, I think, and, and I think the Stephen Gobert ad sucked. <laughs> no kidding. Somebody that listens to this show didn't like the Stephen Colbert ad. What was the the Walmart ad with all the cars? Yeah, 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 that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. I th- although that one I've seen, like, I feel like that's not even a new ad. I feel like that one's been out forever. With uh, it's got you know, no matter what you drive, you can pull into the to go. And they had they had Knight Rider, and I had to explain to my kids what Knight Rider was and why he was calling everyone Michael. They're like, Daddy, why does the car call everyone Michael? 
And I was like, you, you just, uh, you don't understand. My wife thought that was a great ad, too, but she thought there should have been at least one celebrity, like Michael J. Fox should have gotten out of the DeLorean, or David Hasselhoff, who we know is not doing anything at all. You know, he could have gotten out of out of Night Rider. Some There should have been some kind of celebrity just to jazz it up uh, instead of just all of the all of the cars. Lisa, how are you, Lisa? Thanks so much for calling the Marquee Show. Uh, what did uh, you think of the Super Bowl yesterday? Oh, my God. It was a sleeper. It was so boring. So bad. The commercial with Andy Warhol, I do not get it. Because did you notice when he did the burger, he opened the bun, he put the ketchup on the side, and then he closed the bun and ate it. What's yeah. the deal with that? You know what he did? It was really weird, too, because I noticed that as well. He opened up the bun, then he took the ketchup, and he put it on the side. But then what he did was he closed it back up and dipped the burger like like it was a french fry he dipped it in the ketchup and took a bite and i thought to myself yeah. who the hell eats a burger like that you put the ketchup yeah, on the burger you don't dip it individually but i guess when you're andy warhol when you're like you know a pop artist i guess that's how you do you yeah. do things differently right think differently hey thanks so much for calling i also have a hard time believing that andy warhol has ever eaten at a burger king in his entire life just, just i mean i just in my humble opinion he doesn't seem like the burger king type of guy is you know maybe uh, maybe Whataburger, but definitely not definitely not Burger King. Susan from Orange Park, how are you, Susan? I'm doing fine. How about you? Great. What do you think about the Super Bowl? Any of the commercials particularly uh, get well, you going? You know, the Super Bowl didn't bother me. The halftime show didn't bother me. The commercials didn't bother me. And you know why they didn't bother me? You didn't watch any of them. Because I didn't watch any of them. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I, mean, that's I didn't care about that. I actually got a lot of things done yesterday. My husband didn't even watch the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. So we had a very enjoyable Sunday. <laughs> wow, oh, that's great. That's great. Hey, thanks so much for your call. And I hear that from more and more people, that they didn't watch the Super Bowl or they weren't going to watch the Super Bowl. Or they got so bored. I'll be honest with you, I spent half the time on my phone. Uh, because, well, I mean, I spend, I spend most of my life on my phone anyway, but I would, cause there was nothing to watch. There was literally nothing going on of interest. It was just punt, 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 punt. You know, if I wanted to see punting like that, I just, I just watched, I uh, just watch, you know, the political shows on on Fox News. Robert from the South Side, how are you, Robert? Pretty good. Oh, what'd you think uh, of the Super Bowl? I enjoyed it. Hey, football's football, and for you to say nothing was going on, there was plenty going on. It just you know, just because you ain't making field goals and touchdowns and so forth, it, there was a lot, a lot of work going on in that field. Okay, that is true. And I, if you were a fan of either team, see, here's the thing about defense. It's only really exciting if it's your team doing the defending. Like, it's really exciting when we go to a Jags game and Jalen Ramsey gets an interception or, you know, Calais Campbell uh, tackles somebody. That's really, or just attacks uh, the quarterback. That's exciting because it's our team. But watching two other teams play defensive football for two three hours that's a snooze fest also i was trying to explain to my kids that oh you know what uh, we gotta go uh quick break and i'll explain to you why it was horrible for my kids was i was teaching them uh something very important about football too that's coming up more of your phone calls as well 855-765-1045 it's the mark k show on news 104.5 wokv i'll tell you what man you know what was way more interesting than the super bowl was that governor northam press conference i believe then and now that I am not either of the people in that photo. I mean, when the guy almost, he almost literally stopped the press conference so he could do the moonwalk, but his wife, his wife pointed out that would be a problem. Uh, we're going to play that because it was, of the events of the weekend, and as they transpired, in the order of 
uh, I guess, excitement and entertainment value, that Governor Northam uh, press conference was the most amazing thing I've seen since some some of Donald Trump's press conferences. And then like the Super Bowl and the halftime show, they were way down. They were well, they were way down uh, on the list. My kids, uh, my son had a football game Saturday morning, flag football, and that was more exciting than the Patriots uh Rams game. Um and not just because they won. Go big rigs. All right, eight five five seven six five one oh four five. Also the State of the Union is tomorrow night. And we're gonna prep a little bit for that. We're gonna talk it's fun fact, more people watch the Super Bowl than the State of the Union address. However, this year I think it may be, I think it may give the Super Bowl a run for its money just because it's delayed, just because of the, uh, the border battle and the, and the, the battle for funding for the wall, just because the government was shut down for over a month, uh, just because Nancy Pelosi's such an angry B word and she's going to be sitting behind the president the entire time. I just feel, I just feel like there's going to be, I mean, there's going to be, usually it's about 45, 50 million people to watch. I think we're going to have record numbers for the State of the Union. That's just in my humble opinion. And like I said, we'll talk about that first, though. Let's go back to the phones and get some of your uh, let's get some of your uh, your ideas about the Super Bowl commercials, which ones you loved, which ones you hated, what you thought the best part of the Super Bowl was, or if you thought it was all a big waste of time. This is Sylvia in Jacksonville. Hey, Sylvia, how are you? Oh, good. Oh, what, I'm doing great. What did you think of the Super Bowl last night? Did you watch any of it? Um, well, first of all, I get a kick out of your show, so thanks for that. Oh, well, you are so welcome. Um, well, I actually recorded it, but, like, I was watching it because I was cleaning, and, like, I would just keep asking, uh, what's yeah. the score, what's the score, you know, take three. But, honestly, I wanted to give my review on the um, on the halftime show. I think I think everything started at one hour and 37 minutes when that um, Centennial Superstar video, I mean, that Kate Squash and Franco Harris, I think that, that guy right there that directed that, he deserves an awesome That was pretty cool. Okay, cool. All right. Hey, thanks so much for calling me. Appreciate it. I'm going to be 100% honest. I didn't understand what she said, but she seemed really excited about it, and she said she liked the show, so I let her finish. This is Jim. Palm. If you call up and start with a compliment, you can pretty much say whatever you want. Uh, Jim from Palm Coast, how are you? I'm good. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Jim. What did you think about the game yesterday? I think the Super Bowl was nice because there wasn't no controversy for the media. You know there no, no body parts were coming out. No, no, no stuff was going on. It was nice. Yeah. The, no, I was going to say you're right. I th- I was all prepared for some kind of, especially during the halftime show, because I had heard there was going to be some kind of protest or someone was going to take a knee or someone was going to shout out Colin Kaepernick or something like that. But I don't I don't remember that happening. I don't think that did happen. No, no, nothing bad happened. That's the nice thing. The commercials, we were seeing support for our police and our firefighters. Yeah. It's just a nice evening to sit. You could sit with your kids and watch TV and not worry about. No, yeah, that's true. Hey, thanks so much for calling. We appreciate it. Jim in Jacksonville, how's it going? I'm doing well, Mark. How are you? Oh, doing great. Uh, what do you think, Jim? What do you want to say? Well, I'd like to agree with the f- the previous caller about how the uh, first responders were shown a lot of respect, and they deserve it. I agree yeah. with that totally, and I was happy to see it. But I'm curious, uh, some of my friends I was watching the game with, we saw what we thought might have been a blown call by the refs near the end when the, the Rams threw a pass at the inner zone and at the end zone, and it may have been interfered with. The replay showed it might have been interfered with by the Patriots, but they didn't call it. 
I was curious if you saw that play and what you think about it. You know, after the New Orleans game, I just don't believe the refs ever. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot well, of see, How is it they always get it wrong when the yeah. game's on the line for one team or another? It's a, That is amazing. I've been watching football for, yeah. you know, 30-plus years, and I don't understand how it seems like when the game's on the line for one team or the other, the ref seems to seem to get the the play wrong yeah i mean you're right cost somebody the game you're right or it could just be that at that moment everybody's watching the 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 play calling more closely because it is on the line for somebody and all i could think to myself yesterday is i was watching the rams just punt and punt and punt and punt and punt like little literally every single time they got the ball all i thought to myself was i really wish the new orleans saints were here that would be a good game i would i would love to see the new orleans saints and tom i think that to me uh, but you know we can't uh, we can't go back we can't go backwards we can only we can only go forwards anyway uh, there, uh, the one thing I mentioned to my kids and I was a little disappointed too was uh, my kids are old enough now to not only be in, interested in football but they've really taken an interest in uh, gambling and I try to you know I try to as a father I try to teach them the appropriate way to gamble and the best way to gamble and you know you're going to encounter these kinds of things so uh, you know you, you do the little thing with the boxes and the squares and you fill in your initials and then you uh, randomly assign numbers for each team and then you, you use the last digit of the uh, of the score or to teach the kids, you know, this is how if you have if anyone ever says you want to buy a box, this is what that means. So we set up our own little family system. And I said, you know, we'll give a five dollars to the winner of each quarter. And we set it up and the score never changed. My wife won the first quarter and then she won the second quarter. And I think she won the third. quarter. I mean, it was like ridiculous. It was if you were in one of those box pools, it was really it was really horrible because uh because the, you know the score was so bad and uh, and so so media like the whole time it was just it didn't move anyway um, I, I guess my I think my son won like five bucks so he's happy uh, my daughter she she didn't win anything she's just excited you know what she's gonna go knock out a tooth so that you know she'll get five bucks from the tooth fairy tonight that's how she gets all her money she keeps count she's like I okay that's eighteen I have two teeth left and I'm like you, you only have t- how who are you only have 20 teeth? She goes, "Yep, you have 20 teeth that get replaced. I'm down to two. So far I've made $37." I'm like, "Wow, that's that's pretty good." Uh 855-765-1045 is the number. The uh the whole thing yesterday was I don't know, kind of a snooze fest. I'm kind of looking forward now to next season. I'm go- I'm going to be honest with you. And and if all it takes all it takes is 3 points. To play in the Super Bowl, if you can be a Super Bowl contender and only score three points, well, then the Jaguars definitely, definitely have a chance to make it to the big game next year. Uh, all right, the State of the Union, we're going to get into that. But first, I want to play some of the clips from this this Governor Northam press conference. We're going to do that here in just a minute, too. This is the Marque Show, 855-765-1045. If you want to get in, you can leave us an open mic message, too, on our, our uh, mobile app. It's free to download on iTunes or Google Play Store. Just search for News 104.5 WOKV. We'll be right back. This is the Mark K Show. Happy Monday. It's a post-Super Bowl Monday, pre-State of the Union Monday. Very two. We're sandwiched between two major events, and that never happens because, well, the State of the Union is usually in January. But thanks to the government shutdown and Nancy Pelosi uninviting the President of the United States to give his State of the Union address during said shutdown, uh, it all happens tomorrow night. Sorry for you fans of This Is Us. You're going to have to wait yet one more week to find out what happens uh, with Jack's brother. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, Governor Ralph Northam, shall we? 
You may or may not, you may or may not remember this. This guy, this story is crazy. First of all, uh, it all happened last week when I heard about it first on Rush Limbaugh. I was going to the dentist, and I had Rush on in the car, and he, someone had sent him a video on YouTube about comments that this governor made on a radio station in D.C. regarding really late-term abortion, like really, really late-term abortion, meaning after the baby was born. His new, this was this was an initiative after the very controversial abortion laws that were passed in New York State where you can now abort a baby up until birth and you don't even have to be a medical professional and it's really like the most liberal abortion law that we've ever had in the in the, in the country uh, in New York State and, and I guess Governor Ralph Northam in, in Virginia saying hey you know we can be liberal too just because we talk funny doesn't mean we can't be liberal so he goes out on this radio station and says look there's something that we're looking at now where if a child is born, actually delivered, we'll keep the baby comfortable uh, and, you know, have a discussion with the mother and see if she then wants to abort it, meaning after it was born. And as you can imagine, the like the, the people went ballistic. I mean, just totally. I was personally, you know, it, it takes a lot to really make me go, oh, my God, that's horrible. Like I've seen and said a lot of things myself that are totally disgusting, but it really takes a lot for me to get shocked. And I was shocked. When I heard this governor of the state of Virginia saying this on the radio, well, a couple of days later, wouldn't you know it, somebody dug around and found a very offensive uh, photo on his medical school yearbook page from 1984. This is important. This is not a medical school yearbook page from 1952. Or 1968. This is from 1984, when you would think a lot of people would know better. Uh, but he held a press conference this weekend to shed some light on this whole controversy of his yearbook photo. There has been much public discussion about racist and offensive materials that appear on my page of the 1984 Eastern Virginia Medical School yearbook. And I believe it is important for Virginians... To hear directly from me. Yeah, it's important, not just Virginians at this point, but everybody, because after these photos surfaced, everybody was calling for him to resign. Everyone in Virginia, people around the country, uh, black representatives in the Virginia State House, black representatives in the U.S. State House. It was, I mean, it was an incredible over the photos, just in case you haven't seen them. It's like uh, everybody, I guess it's a small medical school. I'd, I'll be honest with you, I'd never heard of it, and I really would never want to be treated by a doctor that went there. But basically what happened was everybody got a page and his page says Ralph Northam and then there's three or four photos and one of them is from a costume party. There are two people, one dressed in blackface, standing next to somebody in a full KKK uniform. And this is right under his name on his yearbook page from the medical school. Now, at first, he apologized. Then during this press conference on Saturday, he, he took a different, he took a turn, actually. He took a different tact. When my staff showed me the photo in question yesterday, I was seeing it for the first time. Wait, what? I did not purchase the EVMS yearbook, and I was unaware of what was on my page. So now, so now he's denying that he had any knowledge, not just recollection, but knowledge of the incident. His yearbook page, there were like maybe three, maybe four photos total. His yearbook page from 1984, he has never seen. He's never seen it in, what, gosh, 35 years. 
35 years, this guy has never seen a copy of his college yearbook. He's never stumbled across it. He's been elected governor of Virginia. Nobody on his staff, nobody in his legal department, nobody who was vetting him, nobody who was doing the uh, opposition research, opposition research, went back and looked at his Facebook page or his yearbook photo and was like, uh, I'm sorry, governor to be, uh, we may have an issue here. Candidate Northam, this may be a problem. Nope. You obviously you have some real bad researchers and investigators on your staff or you're lying. And I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like the latter is true. I recognize that many people will find this difficult to believe. Yeah, we I, we all do. And that's why everybody's calling for him to resign. And the uh, the fact that he didn't resign immediately. This is really an issue. Not and this is really glaring for uh, this is a big problem for the media. This is a big problem for the Democratic Party. And this is a big problem for, well, racist politicians everywhere. <laughs> I guess it's not a big problem for racist politicians. Uh, but it, the, the fact of the matter is he should have he should have immediately resigned. But he did not. He went on the offensive and he st- he had a press conference and he just started answering questions in a really bizarre way. Really t- a little too honest. I'm going to be honest with you. A little too honest. Um, he went on to talk about the photo again. There is no way that I have ever been in a KKK uniform. I am not the person in that uniform, and I am not the, the person to the right. Well, we know he's not the person on the right. He's No one's been farther left than him ever in the history of the world. Uh, but here's the thing. If you look at the picture, if he's denying that he's the guy in blackface whose face is visible, then there's only one other person he can be, and that's the person under the hood. And isn't it a lot easier... Isn't it a lot easier to deny it's you when no one can see your face and say, that's not me under that hood? How do we know? There's no way to ever tell. It's in your yearbook. It's on your page. What? Why would you possibly? Why would you possibly have random photos of racist figures on your on your medical school yearbook page? It just it just doesn't make any sense. He did, however, admit that he's not perfect. And this is where this is where it got really bizarre. This is where this is where the whole thing just took a weird turn. He did admit that he's not perfect. He did admit that at one. First of all, he had a very racist uh, nickname. And also, he did at one point in his life, not at this photo. No, not when this at this party where this photo was taken, not on this occasion. But he did at one point in his life before he was a doctor, before he was a soldier, before he was governor, before he decided it was okay to kill babies after they were born, before any of that happened. He decided uh, that it was a good idea to put on blackface and he admitted it. And he said the reason he put on blackface was. We have to take a break. We'll tell you right after that. And I'll play it for you in his own words. You're not going to believe this. Donald Trump just got trumped when it comes to bizarre and entertaining press conferences by Governor Northam from Virginia. Stay tuned. The news is coming up, and then I'll play you these clips. This excuse is crazy. And it's next on the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. All right, we got the State of the Union coming up tomorrow. We got the uh, most boring Super Bowl ever yesterday. And uh, in the middle of it all, there was a Governor Northam uh, press conference, which was quite 
quite entertaining. And I, you know what? And, and the big and we're gonna play. I'm gonna play for you the clips that I think are the most. Uh, I mean, it's just baffling. Just it's one of the when you. It's weird because when something like this happens, you have to go into damage control mode. Of course, right? I mean, you're the governor. There's racist photos on your yearbook page from 1984, from 35 years ago. One of them is a uh, character in blackface. The other is a character in a KKK costume. They're together apparently at some kind of costume party, and it's on your page. And it's out there and everyone's calling for you to resign and you don't want to resign because you want to make sure that you can pass legislation so that babies who are newly born can still be aborted if their mother chooses, you know, to do so. You want to be the most liberal person who ever walked the face of the earth, even more so than those weirdos up in New York state. Fine. So you're not going to retire or you're not going to resign rather. But it's really difficult to come up with an explanation. And the explanation that he came up with, I have to I have to be honest with you is it's, it's really because I don't know who's writing. I don't know who his I don't know who his damage control agency is or his PR expert is, but it's really, really bizarre. First of all, uh, here's how he started his, his press conference with uh, with this. You know, he said, I'd like to read a statement. And then he did. He read uh, he read a statement and it started off like this. There has been much public discussion about racist and offensive materials that appear on my page of the 1984 Eastern Virginia Medical School yearbook. And I believe it is important for Virginians to hear directly from me. Yeah, and this is all very reminiscent of our recent social, or I'm sorry, Supreme Court, uh, you know, nominations. This is all very reminiscent of, you know, what was happening, uh, what was happening if what was happening in the um, in the uh, the whole thing with with our Supreme Court nominees, this is all very reminiscent of everything that went down with the the media and the press and you know Doctor uh, what's her name and everything that we had to suffer. But for whatever reason, the governor of Virginia is not is not getting the kind of um, cross representation or the kind of uh, you know a negative uh, press and media coverage and the demands that we had when it was a Supreme Court time. It's so weird. It's such a backwards thing. But uh, he's come out with this in, in, with this um, explanation, and it's, it's it's one of the most. It's one of the first. He denied it's even him. I believe then and now that I am not either of the people. In that photo. Yeah, he first he says it first he said, I'm sorry for the photo. Now he's saying it's not me in the photo. Then he said it I did, however, at one point in my life appear in blackface, and you're not you're not gonna believe when he says he did. That same year I did participate in a dance contest in San Antonio, in which I darkened my face as part of a Michael Jackson costume. So he wasn't in the photo that appeared in his yearbook. He wasn't in the photo dressed in blackface or dressed in the KKK costume. He adamantly denied. He said, I'm not the person in the KKK costume and I'm not the person on the right, which makes me think he is the person in the KKK costume because it is the person on the left. And he's so far on the left. But he goes, no, I was in a I was in a Michael Jackson dance contest. And and that's when I used that's when I used. Uh, what was it? he said? I think he said it was shoe polish. I had uh, the shoes. I had a, a glove uh, and I used just a little bit of shoe polish to put under my or on my cheeks. 
And the reason I used a very little bit is because I don't know if anybody's ever tried that, but you cannot get shoe polish off. But okay, this is at a press conference, and he's saying he's saying here's what happened. I was in a Michael Jackson uh, dance contest, so I put shoe polish on my face, and then he stops to say, I don't know if any of y'all have ever put shoe polish on your face, meaning he believes there are some people in the audience who probably could have done the same thing. He says, I don't know if you've ever done, if you've ever put shoe polish on your face, but it's tough to get off. <laughs> now, here's the other interesting thing. Here's the other thing. If he, uh, here's what he said. Now, break this down, okay? And here's why I think he's lying. I'm going to play this clip for you again. Let's play a little, let's be detectives here. This is why this guy is lying out of his teeth, in my humble opinion. He says. I had uh, the shoes. I had a, a glove. Uh, and I used just a little bit of shoe polish to put under my, or on my cheeks. And the reason I used a very little bit is because I don't know if anybody's ever tried that, but you cannot get shoe polish off. But Okay, he said, I used just a little bit. And the reason I used just a little bit is because it's difficult to get off your face. Meaning, he had had prior knowledge of the difficulty of getting the shoe polish off of your face. He purposely used just a little bit. Not because Michael Jackson was transitioning from one shade to another. Not because I thought it was offensive. No, he used a little bit of shoe polish because he said it's tough to get off. I don't know if you've ever used it before, but it's tough to get off. So I knew from probably prior experience that I had to use a little bit or else I would I'd look like Michael Jackson forever. This guy is lying and he's lying to the press and they don't even ask him. The worst part is they don't even ask him about it. Oh, by the way, good news. I had always liked Michael Jackson. Uh, I actually won the contest. There you go. I had learned how to do the moonwalk. There you go. So he knew how to moonwalk. So he was a shoe in. He was a shoe polish in to win the contest. <laughs> Sorry, probably. <laughs> probably should have stopped there. Anyway, so he goes out there. He puts a little bit of shoe polish on his face. He's got the glove and the shoes. He go, He learns how to moonwalk. He kills it at this contest. Man, he wins. He's hands down. He's the best moonwalker. And here's the problem with the media. All right. Here's the problem with the media, because they don't say what on earth made you think it was OK to put shoe polish on your face. What on earth made you think it was OK to uh, to dress like Michael Jackson? What? Why on earth should we believe you that this photo, this photo of of some person dressed in blackface, standing next to some other person dressed in a KKK hood on your yearbook page with your name in these big letters above it? They don't ask those questions. You know what they ask him? They, the, here's the big burning question that the press wanted to know. That's right. Are you still able to moonwalk? Uh, are you still able to moonwalk? That's what they want to know. Not, hey, uh, are you going to resign? Why don't you think you shouldn't resign? By the way, what's this whole thing about you wanting to kill babies after they're born and calling it abortion? What on earth makes you think that's a good idea? The question that the press wants the answer to is, are you still able to moonwalk? Are you still able to moonwalk? Uh, Governor Northam, I have a question. Are you still able to moonwalk? And then, in a bizarre twist, Governor Northam doesn't say, uh, I'm not going to answer that question or that's not pertinent or whatever. He actually leans over the podium and starts looking back and forth in front of it to see if he has ample room. Because in his mind, he's thinking, you know what? You know what would be great? If I just get out here and moonwalk for these people. <laughs> that's what he's thinking. He listen, you can hear it. Oh. 
he's looking around. His eyes are darting around. Thankfully, his wife Pam is standing next to him. She see she knows what her husband's thinking because he probably he probably moonwalks any chance he gets. He's that guy at the party that gets drunk, you know, and his friends are over there like Ralph, Ralph, do the do the Michael Jackson thing. Remember when you put a little shoe polish and do the do the moonwalk thing? And he's like, no, no. He's like, come on, man, come on. Everyone will love it. He's the guy at the party who still thinks it's cool to do the moonwalk. And here he is in front of the press, in front of the world, trying to explain himself. And he's so proud of it. I mean, he won the contest for crying out loud. And the guy says, can you still moonwalk? He could just answer yes. He could answer no. But he wants to demonstrate it. Thank God his wife was there to tell him that that was not the time nor the place. Inappropriate circumstances. My wife says inappropriate circumstances. Yeah, yeah, my wife says the same thing to me, buddy, about once a week. 855-765-1045. There's more. We're not even done. There's more. If you think that the Super Bowl was boring, you should just Google uh, Ralph Northam press conference from Saturday and watch that because it is one of the craziest, wildest, most ridiculously entertaining things I've ever seen. Stay tuned. we got to take a quick break. 855-765-1045. This is the Marque Show. Uh, more coming up on News 104.5 WOKV. This is the Marque Show. Thanks so much for joining me. We have a little technical difficulty with our stream. If you're on Facebook or Twitch or Periscope or wherever the hell else we're streaming, we're everywhere these days. Uh, go ahead and uh, you should be fine now. Reshare, too. Make sure. Let's, get, let's make it a party, man. Let's get as many people in here as we possibly can uh, because, you know, the more pe- the more people we offend, the merrier. Speaking of offensive, we're getting some open mic messages about Governor uh, Ralph Northam from Virginia. He's the guy who claims now that the yearbook photo from 1984 on his yearbook page with his name and a photo of somebody in blackface standing next to somebody else dressed up like a member of the Ku Klux Klan, that photo, that's not him. He didn't know who it is, and he had nothing to do with it. This Virginia governor blackface scandal has turned into quite the thriller. Yeah, he claims... He claims the only time he dressed in blackface was when he was entering a dance contest uh, dressed up as Michael Jackson. I mean, it it doesn't matter if you're black or white, but this guy needs to take a look at the man in the mirror. That's not all. There's more. Maybe time for him just to beat it. Just beat it. my own jokes you guys are doing a great job you guys i couldn't have said it better i couldn't have said it better myself 855-765-1045 that's the deal man he said there is no way that's me dressed up like the kkk there is no way that i have ever been in a kkk uniform i am not the person in that uniform and i am not the, the person to the right also it's really weird how he calls it a uniform and not a costume isn't it I'm, I'm just saying, if there's only one person I know that refers to that as a uniform, and that's somebody who wears it on a regular basis. For the rest of us, it's just, it's just a costume. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. He did win the contest, but that is the good news. Now, there's a couple other things that we'll get into here in just a minute. But first, we do have, we do have some phone calls. This is Andy in Jacksonville. Andy, thanks so much for calling the Mark K Show. How are you? I'm doing great. A lot better than that governor of Virginia, for sure. <laughs> this guy could write uh, skits for laughing or uh, Saturday Night Live. The thing I was going to comment I was going to make, uh, Mark, is this. Yeah. You know, you go to high school, and you get your annual every year, you know, and you get your pre. You might buy one, but you're going to look at everyone. Oh, this guy is going to medical school. 
And to say that he wouldn't have even looked at his picture with his page on it, come on, tell me another. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you're exactly right. You get the yearbook, and what do people do? They start handing it out. They start they start signing it. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've never been to, was it Eastern Virginia or West, wherever this guy, whatever Podunk Medical School this guy went to. But I have to think that in 1984, when things were still, I mean, yes, there were, were there racial issues? Sure, but it's 1984. I mean, it's we're, we've come a long way in 1984. But uh, nobody looks at this yearbook photo and says, hey, man, do you see what they put on your yearbook photo? Remember that picture we took at that party that time where Jeremy was dressed up as a Klansman and so-and-so put on the black? They put that on your yearbook page. Isn't that crazy? Nobody said that to him. He ran for governor of Virginia. You got, Virginia ain't no schlub state either. Governor of Virginia, that is a hard-fought battle. That is a that is a feather in the cap of the Democratic Party, and that is a that is a that is a purple state. That's a state that, that could go either way. And you don't think that the Democrats are doing opposition research, not only on their opponents but on each other? That's the first thing you do. The first thing you do when you say, "Hey, I'm going to run for president," is you hire a, an investigator to investigate you. You go out and you find somebody to investigate your past and look into your yearbooks and look into your letters and see what kind of horrible things people are saying about you. You investigate somebody to go back and find the illegitimate children and the jilted lovers and the drug offenses and the DUIs. You have to know what the other side is going to throw at you. And I can't believe that after being in politics for, what, 20 25 years, nobody stumbled across this photo in his yearbook? I mean, come on. And we're supposed to sit there and we're supposed to believe it when he tells us this story? Where is it? Where's that that thing? Here it is. I recognize that many people will find this difficult to believe. Yeah, we don't believe we don't believe it. Your own party doesn't believe it. And it doesn't matter because even if they do believe it, you have to step down. You have to resign because now what happens is here's and here's the thing that Democrats are petrified of. Here's the real reason this guy has to resign. This guy doesn't just have to resign because he's a bad governor that wants to pass legislation that says it's okay to kill children after they've been born outside of the womb, that abortion can go on into God knows how many years postpartum that's not even the worst part you know that's not even the number one reason he has to go he has to go now for the democrats because if he stays and if he's able to continue as governor of virginia if he's able to do something this stupid this offensive this outrageous and lie about it and get away with it then the Democrats won't have a leg to stand on the next time they accuse Donald Trump or or some Supreme Court justice or whoever it is, whoever it is that they want to make a case against in the court of public opinion. They won't have a leg to stand on, because if this guy gets to keep his job, then every other politician, Republican, Democrat or independent will get a chance to keep their job, too, because it's no longer a problem. That's why he's got to go. I guarantee they don't care what was in his yearbook page 35 years ago. They don't care that he wore shoe polish on his face and won a dance contest. They don't care that he was five seconds away from moonwalking during a press conference where he was supposed to be given a mea culpa. They don't care about any of that. All they care about is how if he continues to be governor, then there's no excuse for them to keep Donald Trump as president. That's their worst fear with this whole thing. 855-765-1045. We got some more of your phone calls coming up. It's the Marque Show on News 104.5 WOKV. 
You know, there's more to this Northern story. Uh, this governor of Virginia, not just the whole blackface thing, but he had a nickname in college, too, that was a little politically incorrect. My, my main nickname uh, in high school uh, and in college was Goose, uh, because when my voice was changing, I would change an octave. Not, that wasn't the one. That was his, his main nickname was Goose, but apparently he had a sub nickname as well. Uh, there were two individuals, as best I can recollect, at VMI. They were a year ahead of me. They called me Coon Man. Yeah, uh, he gave no other explanation as to why. Uh, I guess he was like, just, but you know what? But don't go. But just call me Goose. <laughs> I mean, come on, this guy's still governor. This happened on Saturday. It's now Monday. It's been 48 hours since. First of all, this whole thing started on Friday. He came out. He should. Let's be honest. He should have stepped down after that. After that radio appearance where he said, "Let's kill kids after they've been born." That should have been when his governorship was over. But no, it continued. Then finally, this photo came out on Friday. He didn't step down then. He waited till Saturday. He gave a press conference where he tried to explain it away. Didn't step down then. Yesterday was the Super Bowl, which I guess everybody was all, everyone, all their attention was on Tom Brady. So he didn't step. It's now Monday morning. And he's still governor. He showed up for work at the governor's mansion in Virginia like it's just another day. Like it's just like he doesn't like everyone's not looking at him going, were you the one in blackface or were you the one in the KKK hood? And they're looking at him trying to figure it out. And he's you know who he's blaming. He's, of course, blaming Republicans. You know, I I don't want to ever, you know, try to judge uh, someone's intent, but uh, it is perhaps coincidental. Um, and, you know, I I guess most accurately is to to probably ask the person. Um, I've heard kind of secondhand uh, from that person uh, why he did this, uh, but I would rather it come from you. Uh, but it was there was an agenda involved. You think you think there was you call it an agenda. This is the other thing, too. He calls it an agenda. He gets on the radio and he says, hey, great idea. Abortion. OK, that's cool. But what if we take it one step further? What if we now allow mothers, for whatever reason, after the baby is born, to when we make the baby comfortable, we sit down with the doctors, and then we decide, after the baby is out of the womb, whether or not it should continue to live? This is paraphrasing, but this is legitimately the sentiment that he believes should happen. And this is not just as a politician, but keep in mind, as a podunk doctor who went to a podunk med uh, medical school. He's a doctor and a governor, and he thinks that this kind of behavior when it comes to abortion is okay. And now he's telling now he's telling the press that whoever leaked this photo has an agenda? Absolutely they do. They're trying to save children. What a horrible agenda. Somebody goes out there and goes, whoa, this guy has gone way too far. I'm going to go back to the yearbook that I know he knows about, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release this photo because we got to get this guy out of here. we got to save the kids. we got to save the unborn. We have to do whatever we have to do. And if it means ruining this guy's career, ruining this guy's life, and showing everybody what he, w what he was like in college, if any way possible that we can get him to resign so that we can save children, well, then that's what you got to do. And that's not an agenda. That just seems to be, you know, the Christian thing to do. The, it's the Christian thing to do, to save the unborn children. I mean, that, in my humble opinion, and whoever leaked the photo... They did. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. In my, I believe that they just got the golden ticket straight to heaven. 
Whoever leaked that photo to the press, whoever started this whole thing, whoever put this governor in a position where he must resign or just be totally ineffective, whoever brought light to this situation and put a real damper on his ridiculous, horrible and immoral position on 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 not just late term abortion, but postpartum abortion did a humongous service to humanity, at least in Virginia. 855-765-1045. Ricky in Jacksonville. How you doing, Ricky? Hey, you are on fire today, Mark. Hey, I was cracking up and those open mics were just hilarious. Yeah, that um, wasn't I wish I could take credit for the open mics. I just hit the button. Somebody else sends them in. But thank you very much. We we both appreciate it. <laughs> hey, but uh, I just have a rhetorical question. I'm gonna follow just a quick line of logic and so just just hear me out. I'll take comments off air. But what is it exactly that makes uh blackface racist what is it exactly is, is it the fact that one race is is doing a caricature of another one because if that's the case then perhaps the wayne's brothers should be disgraced for their movie white chicks which and they're basically in white face through the whole movie right with blonde so is it racist but it's also i guess it's sexist because they're also trained to be women and so by that logic then should you know is something wrong with drag queens who are men pretending to be women as well is that just as bad as blackface so, so what what are the the rules here actually yeah well that great here's the thing there's a there and i'm not i'm like the whitest person who ever lives so i'm probably not the best person to explain this uh but we but basically what happens is the blackface comes from al jolson and minstrel shows and that kind of thing and it is like you said it's a caricature it's not a very nice portrayal of 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 black people and it's not just you know putting and again if someone oh doc's on the line great we should have doc we should have doc explain this in a minute because i'm gonna do a horrible job but basically it's 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 a negative stereotype and that's why it's racist but aside from that aside from that this photo is not just somebody in blackface but next to somebody wearing a kkk uniform or costume so there's really no i mean there's no question at all that this is a this is I mean not a good thing. This is racist. It's not like just maybe the okay the Michael Jackson contest maybe that was just maybe that was just mildly offensive. But the photo in the yearbook, there's no arguing that it's not racially based. Um, and again, white chicks, look, we know Kevin Hart has taught us one thing. What was funny ten fifteen years ago ain't funny anymore. And I saw white chicks. I thought it was funny. I personally wasn't offended. Uh, I there were there were you know when they sang that that uh, was it the Vanessa Carlton song. I was a little offended because I liked that song and I felt like they were making fun of it. I think I felt like they were calling me basic because I liked Vanessa Carlton. But basically, I mean that was that was ten fifteen years ago now. And what's funny then isn't funny now. It's all been ruined and people will go back and they will drum up those things. And the Waynes brothers, they will never get to host the Oscars, probably not just because of that movie, but because of some other skits that they did. It doesn't matter what happened back then. We're talking about today. We're talking about right now. We're talking about the climate that we're in. And you can't do anything like that. And I'm sure there were some white people that were really offended by that movie. Uh, you know, I'm sure there were some women that were really offended by that movie. And I'm sure, and I'll be honest with you, if the Waynes brothers ever ran for office, someone would bring up that movie. Either, either, probably a woman who would be, you know, that is an offensive portrayal of women, um, you know, in, in, in film and in art. So who knows? But it's, it's two different time frames that we're living in. Hey, thanks so much for the call though. Doc, Doc, man, what's up? Hey, hey, uh, speaking of uh, everything that's going on right now, man, I love your show. You are totally on fire today. Oh, Doc, I appreciate it. <laughs> but um, 
when he said his nickname was Cool, they called him Cool Man or something like that. Yeah. First of all, being in a walkaway movement, being a pioneer in the walkaway movement, um, they call people like me coons. Uh, black people will call me people like me coons. Because you're and, in the now explain to everyone what the walkaway movement is for those people that may not know what you're talking about. A walk, the walkaway movement is to to break down and show black folks uh, how the Democrat Party is really the party of racism. And when they call me a coon, I show them that the word coon comes from uh, when a slave was running off the plantation. Uh, they would sick the coon dogs off to help. And so they, they're using reverse psychology. So when they, when he was calling himself, they nicknamed him the coon man. Oh. It's it races all over. So they don't realize everything that they say is just. It, it backfires on them. Yeah, no. Hey, all right, Doc. Thanks. See, that's the thing. Thanks so much for calling. We, I always appreciate you calling. I always appreciate you listening. Uh, thanks so much. Listen, we got to take another quick break here. 855-765-1045. The real thing to understand here is that this is the, the Democrats' new most hated man. Last week, it was Schultz who was running as an independent and they thought was going to ruin their chances at the presidency. Today, it's this guy in Virginia, Governor Northam. And the reason is because he is refusing to resign. And in doing so, he is placating this kind of behavior. And in placating this kind of behavior, it makes it more difficult for the Democrats to accuse Supreme Court nominees of being horrible, womanizing, awful drunks when they were in college because they've got people that are just the same on their side and they can't possibly let them stay in office otherwise it'd be it'd be totally acceptable for any republican to do anything at all and run for whatever office they want to run for and that of course includes president of the united states of america 855-765-1045 we gotta take another quick break we'll be right back this is the marquee show on news 104.5 wokv <laughs> Somebody needs to go through Ralph Northrup's yearbook and figure out who the other students were that he went to school with and then get a hold of each of them and try to figure out who's got a yearbook that he signed to prove that he was aware of what was inside. Yeah, you know what, like they did with uh, Brett Kavanaugh. When they went back and they were like, okay, so who else was at this party? Who else was in the room? And they talked to all of them. And they and they they took another week, remember? And they interviewed them all and they said, we don't remember any of this happening. We don't remember Blasey Ford there. We don't remember anything at all. None of this. None of this happened. And uh, and then maybe the, I guarantee I guarantee that that Fox News and and a couple of the other conservative blogs, I guarantee there are people out there right now searching for other copies of that yearbook that have his autograph. But that's a great point. That's a great point. Look, there's there's no doubt. Let me just clarify this whole issue here. The, the, there's no doubt that this whole thing is a problem. There's no doubt that this. Oh, look, there's my song. There's, my song. there's no doubt that this is uh, a racist photo. And there's no explaining your way out of it. There's no way you can say, oh, um, it's okay. I, you know what? I was in blackface once for Michael Jackson, con uh, Michael Jackson uh, dance contest, but not in this particular instance. It's okay. There's no way to say I didn't have any recollection or knowledge of this. I didn't buy the yearbook for sure. Maybe you didn't buy it, but you knew what was in it. No one's going to believe that you didn't. And there's no reason why you shouldn't resign your position at all. There's no reason why you need to be governor. Because in one week, you've done two things. You've done two things that have destroyed your standing with the voters, that have destroyed your standing with the, the other lawmakers. 
in Virginia. Think about how difficult it is for him to go in and negotiate with any lawmakers, no matter what nationality they are. Nobody's going to take this guy seriously. Not after he tries to get up and moonwalk at a press conference. Come on. I mean, this is this is a ridiculous instance all around. This guy should not be governor of the state of Virginia. Flat out. There's no way to explain your way around it. And every time he opens his mouth to talk about what they called him in college or why the photo was taken or how he didn't know about it or, oh, the one time I did put shoe polish on my face, it was just a little bit because it's really tough to get off. I mean, there's you're digging yourself a deeper hole. You know, you're, you're just digging deeper and deeper. And the Democrats, the Democrats want this guy out more than the Republicans. They want him out. I mean, the Republicans probably are enjoying this. The Republicans are like, wow, look at this. The, the tension is off of us for a moment. Nobody's talking about Donald Trump. Nobody's talking about something he tweeted. Nobody's talking about something from Donald Trump's past. Nobody's talking about uh, the wall anymore. Nobody's talking about the government. The government shut down old news. Old news. The government shut down. Nobody even remembers the government was shut down. Nobody remembers why it was shut down. So much has happened since then. Not just with Northam, but you got the Super Bowl t- tomorrow night, the State of the Union address. The news cycle moves so quickly that the one thing I hope doesn't happen, the one thing that I just hope does not happen, is that the news cycle moves so fast that people forget about this situation. I don't want them to forget why he was in the news in the first place. I don't want them to forget about his very left-leaning, uber-liberal views on what is a very important issue to people. I don't want them forgetting about about you know what happened and, and this whole investigation into his past and his ridiculous answers as to why it wasn't racist and why it was okay, why it was uh, excusable and why he's not resigning. And I don't want I don't want him to keep his job. Because in the end, it means that the Democrats, when they field a contestant or anyone else in the upcoming election, or if, if something should come up from any other politician that may be questionable, they're going to they're going to be able to just wash it away. And that's why the Democrats want him out, because they don't want it to be an excuse for any Republican to do something really, really bad or say something really bad or have a photo of something really inexcusable. Man, if only Governor Northam had done what Fred Kavanaugh did and kept calendars, man, that would that would he could he could go back upstairs and be like, hey, let me let me show you my calendar. Let me show you exactly where I was on that day, and let me show you exactly who I was with, and let me show you exactly how much beer I drank. Brett Kavanaugh can tell you, forty two years ago, he can tell you how many beers he had. A guy could, I mean, to the to the ounce. I liked beer. Do you like beer, Senator? I like beer. I like beer. Beer's great. I wish I had the beer song. I'd play the beer song. Uh, 855-765-1045 is the number. 855-765-1045. This is Robert in Georgia. Robert, hey, thanks for calling the Mark K Show. How are you? Hi. Hey, great. Uh, Mark, really, uh, it's really great that you got two hours now. I really enjoy your show oh, like I'm everybody so, else. Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, it. Well, not everybody else, listen, but a lot of people. <laughs> listen, this, this, this guy in Virginia, he's a joke. He's got to go. I'm 54 years. I'm going to be 54 years old. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. I've been down here in Kings Bay, Georgia now 15 years. Mm-hmm. I grew up I grew up uh coaching um uh, <clears throat> I'm a white male uh and an athlete. Um and I just graduated out of the police academy and I used to play a lot of basketball with a lot of my black friends. And a lot of my white friends didn't like that. So, I used to coach and play with black, mostly black young men my age back then mid 20s. Uh-huh. Well, because because of this Jerk up in Virginia, he is going to cause a lot of problems with black on white 
uh, crime. But let me tell you what happened for all my black friends out there. I was jumped by 10 or 12 young black men just because I was white. And the reason why I was jumped is because I- he's getting really uh, he's getting really heated. So we uh, listen, we're sorry what happened to you, Robert, and we appreciate you calling in to share the story. But we want to. Before we go there with that, we're going to make sure we understand exactly what's going on. Uh, anyway, 855-765-1045. But the point is, the point is valid. It's a bad name. It's a bad name for politicians. It's a bad name for governors. It's a bad name for the Democrats. And that's why they got to get him out, man. That's why they need him gone, uh, quickly. And if there's, if they're, if they get it, if they're smart, they're going to do it today because the State of the Union is going to come around tomorrow. And Donald Trump has already teased. Donald Trump has already teased that he is going to have some kind of surprise. He is going to have some kind of really, really exciting announcement. Whether or not, he hasn't said what it's going to be, but it may be that he's declaring a state of emergency at the southern border. He may be declaring that he's going to be using his own federal funds to build that border wall that he promised everybody to keep the United States secure. And if that happens tomorrow, that's going to be the news cycle. That's what's going to be what everyone's talking about. And, I mean, look, if Northam can survive one more day, if he can survive one more day, then he may actually survive the rest of his term. Because the State of the Union is going to come in and swallow up that story and every other story in the news right now. And I don't think any of us. Any of us can afford to let that happen. Hey, thanks so much for everyone who called in today. Thanks for all the open mic messages. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll prep you for the State of the Union. We'll hopefully know a little bit more about what's going on with that. This is the Mark Hay Show on News 104.5 WOKV. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for a dollar 49 perfect with our classic fries price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer ba-da-ba-ba-ba